Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're about to experience a life giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvard. Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word harvest to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Go. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's at the bottom of the screen. Let's go. For God's glory. Amen. So God, we tell you that we're open and we're ready, sir. Speak, Lord. We will move in what you have ordained. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's get into this word. So we're starting this new series today called this. Let's start over. Scratch that. Let's start better. This month, you're going to need to familiarize yourself with the phrase scratch that because there's certain things you're going to have to scratch because it's not going to be starting from over. It's not going to be starting from scratch. You're going to be starting better. There's certain friendships you're going to have to say scratch that. In certain relationships, you're going to have to say scratch that. There are certain things you used to do. You're going to have to say scratch that. There are certain folk you used to run with. You're going to have to say scratch that. There are certain habits you used to have. You're going to have to say scratch that. Why? I am not starting over. I am starting better. Why? Because with God, you never ever are starting from scratch because he uses all things say all things he uses all things from your past and your present as part of the plan so if we have to start over we start better here's what i love about the person sitting next to you is that they are never back at zero why? Because even if I do have to start over, scratch that, I'm starting better. I am starting with experience. I am starting with wisdom. I am starting with a spirituality that's better than what I used to have. And for some of you, here's what I need you to be excited about. God is going to allow some things to be torn down because he wants to do it better next time. 
I wish you would sit next to somebody that wasn't afraid of a construction site, that wasn't afraid of a little renovation. Why? Because what he does next is going to be better than my past and my present. Why? My sequel has already been scheduled. He's going to use all things from your past and present as part of the plan. But how do you know that, Bishop? Romans 8.28. I love this verse because this verse um, is prophetic. What does that mean? It foretells and foretells. What does that mean? To foretell means it's explaining something that God has already scheduled. To foretell means it's placing something on the schedule that wasn't there previously. Pay attention. The numbers reveal that to you. God uh, plays the numbers. In fact, he loves numbers so much there's a whole book of the Bible called numbers. Um, watch me. There is something called gematria, which is biblical numerology. It is the study of the spiritual significance of numbers in the scripture. Eight is the number of a new beginning. If you look at the figure eight, it is always running back to itself. It is always circling back to itself. Even when it feels like it's winding out of control, it simply gets back to where it started. In other words, eight is the number of a new beginning. But two is the biblical number of witness, which means you're going to see it, you're going to possess it, you're going to live in it, you're going to walk in it, you're going to drive it, you're going to walk around and say, it was all a dream. Nah, boo, it's a reality for you. And then it ends with an eight, which means, watch me, this is how you get a new beginning where you are able to start better. Watch me, it says, and we know with great confidence, somebody say, I'm confident in this. That God, who is deeply concerned about us, he causes all things. This is your screw up. This is your mess up. This is every wrong turn you took. He makes all things work together. Let me pause for the cause and parenthetically insert this for everybody in the room and everybody online. If you've ever made mistakes, this verse should make you lose your mind. Why? Because God says, even though you screwed up big time, I'm going to take your screw up and make it all work together as part of a plan. So when you look back over your life, you're going to look like it had to happen that way. And it didn't have to happen that way. God just makes it look so good. You're like, this thing looks amazing. Tell somebody on the soul and say, he's going to make it part of the plan. He makes it look so good that you'll look back and say, I don't know how I could have got here without that. As if it had to happen that way. But God says, I'm just so good at making your screw ups look good. He's a good cleanup man. He's a good fixer. Y'all not said that to me. He's an amazing father, and every father knows how sometimes you got to go clean up after your son and daughter, and you got to cover them while you're cleaning them. I'm so glad that even while he was cleaning up your mess, he still covered you in your mess and did not let you be exposed for your He could have had you out there. He could have had you out there broke, busted, and disgusted. You could have been sleeping up under a bridge somewhere. You could have been walking across the street with a comforter set on and no shoes and rollers in your head. But God decided to make all things work together. How? As a plan. Which means he makes it look so good you'll think that this was the plan the whole time. You'll think that there was supposed to be a second set of Ten Commandments because he makes it look so good. You'll think it was part of the plan. You'll think that, watch me, that the children of Israel were supposed to deal with some of what they dealt with. You'll say, ooh, that's part of the plan. It was not part of the plan. It was not supposed to take them 40 years to get to the promised land. The Bible says it's supposed to take them 11 days. But he made the plan look so good that they look back over the 40 and they'll make it spiritual and say, well, that was our wilderness years. 
Because 40 is the biblical number of wilderness. They looked back over their own screw up and thought that it was a part of the original plan, even though the original plan was 11 days. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? Even if you messed up, God has a way of taking your mess up and make it part of the plan. So let me see if I can help some of y'all. I rebuke you thinking it's too late for you. I rebuke you thinking you can't recover. I rebuke you thinking you're too old. I rebuke you thinking you're too young. I rebuke you thinking you don't have the knowledge. I rebuke you thinking you don't have the skill. I rebuke you thinking you don't have the ability. I rebuke you thinking you're not the right race. I rebuke you thinking you're not the right sex. Somebody say he's got a plan that's working. He says he makes all things work together as a plan. For what? For good. Which means this is just not any ordinary plan, 1115. This is a plan that God says this plan is going to work for your good. Which means it may not feel good, but it's working for your good. Sometimes the plan is going to be like Dimetap. Or excuse me, no, not Dimetap, because Dimetap was good. The other one, Robitussin. That's disgusting. That is gross. He talking about I like it. Go to timeout. Go stand up. Put somebody else on that post. Talking about that's good. Robert said it's nasty. Just thinking about it made my whole throat just. Listen, Robert Tesson is disgusting. And, and listen, I don't care what they do to try to make it good. Oh, new cherry flavor. This is cherry nasty. <laughs> Oh, new improved taste. <laughs> it's still nasty as nasty. If you can't cook, you can't cook. I don't care how much seasoning you put on it. Watch me. God says, God says, look at this name. He says, it works for your good. It may not taste good. It may not feel good. It may not look good. But here's what he does. God says, but I make it work together for your good. Look at me. So let me, let me say some things to you. I'm glad they cheated on you. Let me say some things to you. I'm glad they betrayed you. Let me say some things to you. I'm glad you lost that car. Let me say some things to you. I'm glad you lost that house. Let me say some things to you. I'm glad it didn't go how you wanted it to go. Why? Because you're about to see him take broken pieces. You're about to see him take all of this starting over you had to do. All of these ideas that didn't work. All of this starting over. You're about to see him take a fresh sheet of paper and say, we ain't starting over. We're starting better release a praise right there for your better 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 let's go for those who love God now how you know that you love him is because you strive to please him how do you know that you love him is that when when you mess up Watch me, you don't, just, oh well, mm -mm, you don't love them. When you mess up and you love them, you're like, God, duh. It's called godly sorrow. See, here's how you know that you love them. It doesn't mean you do everything right. It just means when you mess up, you're like, Father, forgive me. See, some of y'all think because you do everything right that you love him. Uh-uh, no. David was a, listen, he was a liar. He was a whoremonger. He was a conspirator. He was an awful person sometimes. But you know what David knew how to do? After David messed up, he'd be like, Father, against you 
And against you only have I sinned. I had no business laying down with Bathsheba. I had no business doing anything I was doing. He knew how to repent. And for some of you all, watch me, people will try to make you feel bad because you still got some stuff you're working out. But as long as you know how to... Uh, Father, forgive me. I didn't screw it up again. But thank God for your blood. It covers me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And every sin I commit, it washes them. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed. Look at somebody next to you say, you're covered by the blood. Say it again, you're covered by the blood. See, how you know you love him is how you respond when you make a mistake. How, the, how you know you love him is how, if people, let me tell you something, people don't love you if when they make a mistake, it's oh well. They don't love you. So just quit lying to me. If you oh well, no big deal, nobody's perfect, bump you. I need you to practice. Scratch that. Yeah, scratch that type of person in your life. Because if you can do me wrong and not be convicted about it, oh no, you ain't coming with me in my May. Matter of fact, whoever you didn't drop off in April, you're about to drop them off before the first day is over. You're about to drop them off before the first day is over. Why? I'm not bringing anybody with me into my grace and my favor and my supernatural if you can do me wrong and not feel bad about it. You can make something more difficult for me and not be apologetic. Scratch that. You ready? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Here's how you know if people don't love you. Is that when they do you wrong or they do something that, that creates issue, inconvenience, difficulty. If they are unapologetic. If they are unapologetic. Then what you need to. Watch me. You don't hold a grudge. What you need to do is you need to just say, I need to put you in another category. Because maybe you had them as a Peter, James, and a John, and you needed to treat them like the Pharisees. See, Peter, James, and John were close. John was the closest. See, listen, some of y'all got, I got lots of friends. Then that, can I tell you what that means? That means you have no backbone. I feel like preaching at this 11:15. I got lots of friends. You know what that means? That means you are jelly bat, and you'll let anybody do anything. Because the Bible says that woe unto you if all men speak well of you. You know how you somebody when you got folk talking about you that don't know you. You know how you somebody when people that have never met you got their mouth on you. You can't have five close BFFs. Jesus only had one. If God only had one, how in the hell do you have ten? I ain't cussing. Hell is a Greek word. Gehenna means hot trash. Come on, I just got 15 close friends. That's too many. No wonder you're tired trying to please 15 different personalities and please 15 different types of people. If Jesus only had one that was that close, three that he went to eat with, the nine worked for him, but he didn't fraternize with him. See, some of y'all, you don't qualify for leadership because you want too much friendship. And you'll never be respected by people who see you as their equal. You ready? I got to move on.
I gotta move on. I'm gonna stop. I gotta move on. Gotta go. Gotta go. You ready? He says, for those who love God. So, watch me. So, when you love him, it's not perfection. When you love him, it just means I apologize when I did something wrong. If people love you, that means they apologize when they did something wrong. If they are unapologetic, they have just told you with their actions that they do not love you. And if I got to have a meeting with you to tell me, to tell you that you need to apologize when you know good and all going well, I'm not mad. I just need to copy that. Let me put you in another, another, another category. Copy, scratch that. Copy that means I heard you. Scratch that means I'm going to change the seat you sit in. And I don't know why I'm spending so much time here, but apparently somebody online and somebody in this building, you have been struggling with some person decisions you need to make and some personnel decisions about the people around you and friends, etc. Let me give you your answer right now, right here. This is your answer. You need to listen to what they said based on what they did. Scratch that. Put them in another seat. Matter of fact, I hear the Lord loud and clear. I need you to just touch somebody on the upper part of their back and say, here's the push that you needed to do what you need to do. Come on, 1115. We're about to move on. But for some of you, you just need a you just need a push. You just need a push behind. That's all you need. You just need, you know what you need to do. You just too scared to do it. Here go your push. Here go your push. You just need a push. You just need a I just need a push. And I'm glad about it. I'm glad about it. Look at somebody say, copy that. Scratch that. Change their seat. I'm trying to get to the word. To work together <laughs> as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So you know you love him when, even when you mess up. And, and I, listen, and it don't take me long. You could be wrong at 12.30 and you apologizing by 12.31. Some of you take too long to apologize. Help somebody next to you say, stop moving so slow. And while I'm on it, for some of y'all with your spouses, you take too doggone long. I wish you would let a whole day go by and y'all mad at each other. The Bible says don't let the sun go down on the anger. You need to learn how to say, look, we finna fix this now. So ain't nobody leaving this house until you got your little attitude together and I got my little attitude together. Ain't nobody going nowhere. Sit down. I'm trying to preach. Say <laughs> so everything's working together as a plan. And in our last series, here's what we learned. We learned that you're a farmer that has everything you need in seed form. Second Peter 1, 3, his divine power has given us, past tense, everything we need for life and godliness. God says you have everything you need in seed form to have a great life and be a great Christian. You lack nothing. Say, I lack nothing. If you feel like you lack something, you need to go look again because you don't like anything. You just, watch me. You're looking for the watermelon. It's not there, but you have the seed for it. You are looking for the degree. It's not there. What you have is the time to go to school. 
you are looking for the end result and God gives you seed, he doesn't give you the end result because God needs to teach you how to manage what you have. And I taught you that there's seven types of seed that we have. Seven is a biblical number of completion. So when you sow proficiently in these areas, you will see progress in these areas. The first is what comes out of your mouth. The second is your movements. I pray that this month your mouth and your movements would align. See, you can't say one thing with your mouth and then go do something different with your life. Then number three, your money. Number four, your management. Number five, ministry. Many of you that serve, please don't get it twisted. The only reason you're doing as good as you are now is because the serving you do has now created a lifestyle for you. And what's sad as a shepherd is to see is people start serving, start winning, and then they stop sowing the seed that got them the wins in the first place. I pray that every dream team on campus and online that you would have faithfulness in your serving. Now, for some of you that are not serving, I pray you start today. Don't you wait until the month. To, don't you wait until the new year. Don't you wait until fall. Start today. Why? Because you may be getting all the other six seeds in, but if that seventh seed ain't there, you're still going to feel like you're lacking something. Your mistakes are a seed. And finally, I taught you with Jesus, your miserable moments are a seed. And I taught you that Jesus had to go through a miserable moment. But the way you handle it determines how you, uh, whether or not it's a seed and produces something for you. Number one, he was betrayed by Judas. Let me give you revelation and the inner circle that knew about Judas. See, we look at Judas and we say, how could Judas do Jesus like this? But the real trip ain't Judas. The real trip is the people that knew that Judas was a mark and never marked him. Let me, okay, I, I don't know why I'm spending, let me come after those of you who say, I just give people the benefit of the doubt. You don't give people the benefit of the doubt who add no benefit. You only get the benefit of the doubt if you add, and if you ain't add nothing, if you ain't multiplying nothing, we ain't giving you no benefit of nothing. As far as we're concerned, you're a subtractor and a divider. I just want to give everybody the benefit. I ain't giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. You better bring something to the table. You don't show up to the cookout with nothing. What you bring? I brought my appetite. Well, you ain't eating from here. Elbow somebody. Elbow somebody. Say, no leeches in your mane. No leeches in your mane. Oh, my God. This is good to me. He's betrayed by those that knew who he was. Nobody, nowhere in the scripture do we see anybody reporting about Judas's behavior to Jesus. Not even John. And so then sometimes well, they know the Lord going to talk to them. Okay, well, what have you the way that they needed to know? But you won't say anything. But I don't want to be in it. Well, then what you there for? You in it because you there. I'm saying something. Y'all ain't saying nothing. He's betrayed. Then watch me. Then he is abandoned. Pay attention. He is abandoned by all of his disciples. Mark 14, 50. And all of his disciples abandoned him. So he's betrayed. And then after betrayal, he's left by himself. And notice what I did not say. I did not say that he was, uh, that he was uh, 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 just rejected. He was abandoned. Okay, so rejection means no. Abandonment means not only no, it means you no longer know where I am. And for many people, watch me, you struggle with abandonment issues because you will fight to hold on what has already told you does not want you. You will speak what you want it to be instead of seeing clearly what it is. You have anime bullock syndrome. You won't walk away from what is clear because you, but you saw, you saw, you saw it happen to you, and because it happened to you, you don't want to do it to somebody else. Not realizing, watch me, you are not responsible for the actions and behaviors of other people. You are only responsible for the person sitting in your seat. You are not responsible for any other person, which means I'm going to do everything I can do right, but that can't make you do right. 
He is abandoned. And then what happens? Here's the third part of his miserable movement. He has to shed his blood alone. He says it in the garden. He says it with the 39 stripes. He says it with the crown of thorns. They pierce his hands. They pierce his feet. Watch me. They pierce his side or his heart. That is the coup de grace. That is the blow of mercy. That is the blow of mercy. That's the thing that actually ended up killing him. Pay attention, 1115. And when this happens, somebody say, when this happens, he is alone. Notice, I did not say he was single. I said he was alone. Because for many of you, what happens is that you can be in a whole relationship, but when you bleed, you have to bleed by yourself. Look at me, and let me free some of you all up, because you keep looking to your spouse to do for you what you must do for yourself. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm putting a free. You keep looking, but just help me with my wounds. That's your wounds. You got listen, I can be there for you, but I cannot, I cannot do the bleeding for you. I can be there to support you, but I cannot watch me. And for some of you, the truth is, is you don't really want to get healed from your bleeding. You just want to sit there and feel like a victim in your bleeding. And you want somebody to come nurse your wounds and collar you. You are a grown man. You are a grown woman. Now look, I'm going to help you wipe this blood off, but we ain't going to take no bath in this blood. I'll help you wipe this blood off, but we ain't staying stuck in this blood. You shall get up and live. You got to free other people up. It's not their responsibility to do your bleeding for you. It's not. Hear me. Free me up as your pastor. It is not my responsibility to do your bleeding. I got my own blood to deal with. That's normally been inflicted by a sheep that bites. Because sheep have teeth. Don't get quiet now. Got, got it. Free people up. Look at the person next to you say, free them up. So you got to bleed alone. Jesus could have called angels to help him bleed. He didn't. He could have called his father to help him bleed, but he didn't. Because part of your miserable moments is how you handle, you ready? You. It's how you handle your alone time. Jesus has to shed his blood. What does blood represent in scripture? Life. He's got to go through some issues and he has to do them alone. Alone. This is why some of you, you're scared to be alone. You can't just sit at the house. You got to get on the phone and call somebody. You can't just go to the movie by yourself. You got to invite somebody. You can't just go to dinner by yourself. You got to, I just need somebody with me. You better learn how to take yourself. Watch me. Even if you're married, because some of you married people, you become a leech to the person you're with. Because watch me, because you're sucking life out of them. And sometimes they need time by themselves to recharge. Y'all don't like what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is right. Sometimes you need time to recharge. And baby, I love you, but doggone, let me recharge for a minute. So I can be the best you or best me to you. And while I'm on it, while I'm on it, for those of you who work home together, let me tell you something. One of y'all got to get out of that house in the day. Because watch me, overexposure Watch me, it makes underappreciation. So you stop appreciating what you're overly exposed to. 
Some of y'all, you've heard me preach for years. And some of you, that's why people drove three hours in Atlanta to come and sit in one service that was less than the time they had to drive. A six-hour round trip. Why? Because they are underexposed, which means they have high appreciation. And some of y'all, I'm going to talk and you're going to say amen because what I'm saying is right. And some of y'all, you've been overexposed to a quality word. And so now you lack appreciation for it. Oh, I said what I said. Elbow somebody next to you and say, appreciate what you got while you got it. He sheds his blood alone. He spent 30 years, y'all, preparing for three and a half years of ministry to perform 37 recorded miracles. Let me teach you a principle. You will spend more time preparing than you do performing. And most of us, we get excited about the performance, but we don't enjoy the preparation. You have to enjoy the journey. I know you're about to get a new house, but enjoy where you live now. You don't even use the pool where you got now. Every time I travel, I have goggles in my bag. Every time. They're in the bag. It's on the checklist. They're in the bag. Every time I travel, I have goggles because it is always my intention to, to go swimming. Because I like swimming. And when I'm in the South, I like swimming. Now, I didn't say I was great at it. Okay, look at now. What I said is I like it. Now, once that water where I can't do this no more, yeah, we're going to stop right there. Right there. <laughs> right there. <laughs> the devil is a lie. I came that, he came that I might have life <laughs> and life more. But I know some of y'all are mermaids and, and momaids or whatever the male version is. I ain't that guy. I'm going to need to be able to. You ready? Here's the deal. Every time I have... <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go swimming. And I know good and doggone well. And the way my schedule is built when I'm traveling, I, I just, it's not going to happen. This is not going to happen. Here's the point. Is that sometimes, watch me, you will not enjoy the process because you're so focused on the performance. You won't enjoy what you have because you're in pursuit of what you want. And 30 years he spent preparing for three and a half years. For many of you, watch me, your actual on-stage time is going to be less than your prep time. You got what I'm saying? I need you to listen very carefully to me, very carefully. Why do I spend so much time preparing? I, meaning we. Why do we spend so much time preparing? So that when we are in the place of performance, whether this is on your job, whether this is something you've been preparing for, whatever it is, you don't have time to get ready. You have to show up ready. So you stay ready so you don't have to get it. And what did Jesus do while he was alive for those three and a half years? Look at the screen. How many miracles? Come on, it's an open book test right there. Some of y'all trying to Google it. It's right there. I heard somebody say 40. If you don't look at this screen. <laughs> y'all guessing. I literally put the answers on the screen. You ready? I love you. I love you, Levitine. To perform 37 recorded miracles. Say 37. Now, this is significant because um, one would say that's amazing. But I want you to pay attention to Acts chapter 1 and verse number 3. The Bible says during the 40 days after he suffered and died. So after Jesus is resurrected on what we call Resurrection Sunday or the Feast of First Fruits, he spends 40 days with his team. And I want you to look at what the Bible says. He appeared to the apostles and he proved to them in many ways 
that he was actually alive. And he talked with them about the kingdom of God. Now watch this very carefully. They were having a start over, scratch that, better. Because the Bible says he did more after the cross. See, most Christians, watch me, we get excited about the cross. If you'll notice at Harvest, there is no cross behind me. Why? He's not on that anymore. I'm not knocking a cross, but watch me. I'm not going to make a monument out of something that there's movement from that place. We don't have a crucifix. Why? He's hanging his head to the side. Why? He's not dead anymore. So you're not going to show me an image of my Savior in the last state that he was, but he's not in that state anymore. He's not dead, but he's alive. Where he live? In me. I wish you'd elbow somebody and say he lives in you. Not knocking those things, but no, we're not going to sit up here and memorialize and deify something that he's no longer on. Because the Bible says, while the cross was amazing, because the cross is what gives us life, his sacrifice on the cross is what gives us life, the Bible says he did more after the cross. How you know that, Bishop? John 21, 25. Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world cannot contain the books that would be written. Okay. Um, 11 okay you miss you miss your shout so i'm gonna back it up let's back it up how many miracles did they record when he was alive 30 how many did they record after the cross too many to record how what's mean let me see if i can say it another way how many things did you do before your miserable moment you can count them how much more are you about to do after your miserable moment? It's about to be exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. They were able to record January, February, March, and April. But you're about to do so much in the month of May, there will not be enough. If you think I'm talking to you, put a praise in the atmosphere for three seconds. Three. I need you to pay attention. They recorded 37 when he was alive. There were so many of them afterwards. There were so many of them afterwards. The Bible says there's not enough books. You're not responding in a way that lets me know you get it. There were not enough books. There were not enough books. Okay, I'm going to say it another way. Let me give you another opportunity. 1115, come on now, because this is, this is coming out of your time, not my time. You ready? Three and a half years, 37 miracles. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, if you're, in your, if you're in your tw between your 20s and your 40s, wave at me, okay? Your, 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 your 40s, 50s, 60s, plus, wave at me, okay? All right, watch me, watch me, watch me. Okay, look at me, look at me. Everybody, everybody look at me. Come here. Everybody online, look at me. Look, look at me. You ready? Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Three and a half years, 37 miracles. Whatever you just told me your age was, we can count how many things have happened. 40 days. 40 days. He did so much, there's not enough to record. So here's the prophecy. The rest of your life, 
you will do exceedingly abundantly what you've done up until this age whatever age you are as of today mark it down because the rest of your life is going to be the best of your life the rest of your life you're going to do more watch me and we're still in this 40-day period after his resurrection I need you to open up your mouth and say, he's about to blow my mind. Say it again, he's about to blow my mind. So that means he did more than 37. That means, in what period of time? 40 days. You're not listening. Because you keep saying, I need five years. I rebuke your timeline. You keep saying, I'll be ready to do it in 2023. I rebuke your timeline. And what I speak to you is this. If our Savior did more than 37 in 40, you're going to do more in 40 than whatever age you are as of right now. The reason I'm staying right here is because I sense in the spirit that some of you, you got plans, you got, I got I'm going to do this, and by the time I'm this, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to get this, and I'm going to do that. And I'm hearing the Lord loud and clear to say to this experience, bump your plan. Scratch that. Because you're not starting over. You're starting better. When Jesus steps back on the scene after his resurrection, they feel it, literally feel like they're starting over. They've done all of this Jesus stuff, and it seems like it didn't work. And I want to give you these steps. There's 10 of them, John 20 and 14. Uh, Jesus appears to Mary, and the Bible says it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Ain't that a trip? She walked with him for three and a half years, and then in his sequel, she didn't recognize him. Let that be prophetic for many of you all. Is, is that, watch me. They thought they knew you because they saw you in your miserable moment. They thought they knew you because you saw, they saw you in your screw-up, in your mess-up. But what they don't recognize is that your sequel has already been scheduled. And let me borrow this line. Back then, they didn't want you, but you're about to be so hot, they're going to be all up. She didn't even recognize him. Look at what she thought. She said, this is the gardener. Now, question. You don't see the nails in his hand. You don't see, literally, when he shows himself to his team, Thomas is like, I don't believe. So he came a second time for Thomas, and he's like, look, 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 look. She did not recognize him. Here's the first thing when you're starting over, but you're not. Scratch that, starting better. He's going to reveal himself in what seems regular. There are things you're going to say, this is it's a pretty regular day, pretty mundane day, pretty regular Monday. Because he's going to show up and reveal himself and what seems regular. Let me get prophetic for somebody watching me right now. It's going to seem like a regular email. You're going to need to read it more closely. Because it's going to require you to follow up. Because this one email is going to change the whole balance sheet of your business. You ready? Let's go. 
Let's go. Next. Let's go. It says this. Look at this. It says, that Sunday evening, the same Sunday that Jesus literally um, is resurrected, his team meets that night. They didn't waste time. And for some of you, watch me, um, you move too slow. You get stuck in the paralysis of analysis, and your analysis isn't even, isn't even accurate. And I'm just trying to calculate and do this and do that. But then why do you say you want God to be involved if you're going to try to base it all off of your calculation? The Bible says no man goes to war without first counting up the cost. So wisdom is good. But some of you, you're not wise. You just, you, you cloud wisdom. You cloak that. It's really worry. That Sunday evening, say they didn't waste time. <clears throat> the disciples were meeting. Uh-oh, you ready? They had a meeting. Uh-oh, they ready? You need to have friends that, watch me, y'all don't hang out, y'all meet. What do we mean about? We mean about this strategy. We mean about this crypto. We mean about these NFTs. Y'all ain't said that to me. We mean about this business. We mean about this DAO. We mean, we mean, we mean, we mean. I don't need people just to sit around and go eat. I can eat by myself. I'm meaning about some people to make some things happen. Would you touch somebody's shoulder next to you and say, you need friends to have meetings with? I don't need to just sit up and look at you. I don't, need, I don't care what you got on. Man, let's go get what God has ordained for us. We don't need to sit up and gossip about nobody. Let's go get this bag. Y'all not talking to me. But why? I wasn't sent to pay bills and die. I was sent to rule and to reign and to conquer and subdue. Let's go change some lives. Say they had a meeting. Come on, talk to me. Say they had a meeting. So what do you do? You set and go. What does that mean? You have an objective and a plan. You have an objective and a plan. Where are you trying to go and what's your plan to get there? Listen, it is not a goal if you say, I'm going to be a millionaire. That ain't a goal. That's a wish. That's a wish. It's not a goal. I'm going I'm I'm to be the first one in my bloodline to, to do this. That's, that's a wish. Okay, that's an objective. Watch me. It's not a goal until it has a plan. How are you going to do that? How many dollars a day do you need to make to make that happen? How many new customers do you need to make that happen? What is your plan to do that? Are you making sure that you're leveraging everything that you have to accomplish what you want to accomplish? Do you make sure that you're getting the right people around you? That's going to be the most difficult part. Ideas are easy. Implementation is hard. You ready? On the day Jesus is resurrected, they have a meeting. Because they're like, look, we ain't going to sit around. What are we about to do? The Bible says when they're meeting, they're meeting behind locked doors. There's two revelations there. Can I give them to you, Lemon First revelation is stop letting everybody in the meeting. What you need to do is learn how to test people with a little information. And if you tell them a little bit, you got to be like Joseph. Joseph told his brothers his dream. And when he told his brothers his dream, they hated him. You know what he did? He made the mistake of telling them a second dream. Mm -mm. You need to learn how to test people to know who can't come into the meeting. But here's the other part. They, the doors were locked because they were afraid, the Bible says, of the Jewish leaders. They were afraid if y'all just took Jesus down, y'all are probably going to take us down. So when they're meeting, they are meeting, and they're meeting behind these locked doors. Can't nobody get in. But look at the next part. Look at this. It says, suddenly. Mm -hmm. 
suddenly, Jesus was standing there amongst them. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus, how, how are you standing there amongst them out of nowhere? How are you standing there amongst them out of nowhere? If the door is locked, that means he didn't walk in the door. That means, watch me, that he had to supernaturally manifest himself out of nowhere. Let me teach you this principle. Number three, the fear from past failures will create conditions for us suddenly. He's going to use what you're afraid of. He's going to use, because when you have past failures, it makes you move a certain way. It makes you act a certain way. He says, I'm going to use your past failures to position you for a suddenly. And then look what he says. I got to go. Peace be with you, he said. Mm. Now, look at this. Look at the next verse. And again, he said, peace be with you. Mm -hmm. What was he telling them? You need peace with you to keep pushing. It doesn't mean that what you're going to deal with is peaceful, but you need peace with you to keep pushing. You need peace with you to keep pushing. See, there's going to be some things that make you want to snap, crackle, and pop. I couldn't say it the way I wanted to say it at the 915, but I'm at the 1115 now. There's going to be some people you want to oops upside their head. There's going to be some people that you, watch me, you're going to want to take all your harvest gear off, all your WWJD stuff, and you're going to want to say, listen, since you want to act hood, let's go to the hood. Y'all ain't going to say nothing with me. Since you want to act funky, I'm going to give you something that stinks. Listen. Really? Watch me. He says, but you need peace with you. Come on. Look at somebody say, you need peace with you. Even if what you're dealing with isn't peaceful. There's certain things you just need to say, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. That's not finna, mm-mm, mm-mm. You're not finna work up my emotions. Don't say that. You're not finna work up my emotions. You're not finna get me upset. You're not finna, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I know I had to sit on that plane for an hour and a half waiting to get off that plane. I'm talking to some of my dream teamers. I had to sit on the plane for an hour and a half. Watch me. And I bet you they didn't even offer you no water. Listen. Oh, I know the works of the airline y'all was on. I know they works going to send you a voucher for $50. Listen, huh? Where you going to go for $50? Go to Colorado Springs. Listen, huh? Go to Pueblo. And then they're going to say, oh, you want the plane to work? Oh, that's going to be another 50 You want a pilot that graduated? That's another 100 You want fuel in the plane? Yeah, that's a 250 surcharge. All right, listen. I'm just messing, but I'm glad they got you here safe. Amen. Well, watch me. Say peace. peace. There's certain things you just need to not let it work you up. Because when it works you up, your energy shifts. And now you're spending all your time on something that's working you up instead of what you need to focus it on. Look at what Jesus says. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Number five, look at me. You can't stay locked up. He was telling them, y'all are going to have to come out this locked door. He says, you, you cannot stay locked up in here. He said, you're going to have to open the door. I have a question. Is the door that you want him to open already open, but you standing at it like it's not? Are you sitting here asking him to open the door? Just open the door. Oh, 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 oh. Lord, open the door. And he's like, I don't know what else you want me to do. Watch me, because he can't walk through it for you. And I need some of you, watch me, May is going to be the month, but what's been open, you're going to finally walk in. If I'm talking to you, 
I need you to do this as a prophetic gesture. I need you to act like you're opening the door and I need you to walk in there. Come on, online. If you don't believe I'm talking to you, don't do nothing. Just sit there. But if you think I'm talking to you, act like you're opening that door and walk in there. Open that door and walk in there. Open that door and walk in there. Somebody say, I will not stay locked up. I'm walking through the door. And that door is going to blow my mind. You ready? Look at this. Last part, John 21 and 3. We skipped a little bit because Jesus goes to Peter. Peter was a fisherman. After things don't work, Peter goes back to doing what he did before he knew the Lord. He goes back to his fishing business. When he goes back to his fishing business, the Bible says some of the disciples come with him. And the Bible says they out there fishing. And the Bible says they caught nothing all night. They on the boat. They fishing. They catch nothing. Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Look at me. Um, if you've ever gone fishing, the most defeated feeling is to have been out there on that water and not one. Fellas, come on now. And I know we got ladies that fish too. I couldn't even get a look. In the South, we go, you know, it's catfish fishing. I remember the first time we went catfish fishing and everybody else was catching stuff. And that's it, you know, catfish was coming up. And I'm like, I, I was like, how? I said, I, we're using the same bait in the same water. And part of that's why you ain't catching nothing. You're trying to do it like everybody else. Oh, if you don't elbow somebody and say, you're not like everybody else. So don't do it like everybody else. Say it again, you're not like everybody else. So don't do it like everybody else. So look at me. Look at me, we gotta go, we gotta go. So they fished all night, because fishing at night is the best time to fish. Why? Because the fish come up. When it's hot, the fish go down. When it's cold or nighttime, fish come up. They fished all night. Jesus, you ready? He shows up on a beach in the morning. Watch me. After they feel tired. Because some of you, as you're starting better, you're going to feel tired. You're going to be like, I don't even have the energy to do this. I don't even have the strength to do this. I, don't even, I can't do this. You ready? And watch me. And you will have some failure. You're going to fail at something. Jesus shows up on the beach. That's what the Bible says. He's on the beach. Walking with his sandals through the beach, letting the sand get in his toes. He walking on the beach. When he walks on the beach, Bible says that he hollers over to the guys. You ready? He says, hey, did y'all catch something? You ready? Everybody look at me. Jesus will low-key throw, you ready? You ready? Throw your failure in your face, not to taunt you, but to see if your hunger to win is still there. It's not a taunt thing. He says, 
it's not a taunt thing. It's not a taunting thing. Because if he wanted to taunt you, he could taunt you. It's not a taunt thing. He said, did y'all catch something? <laughs> He's smiling. And like, I know you didn't catch nothing. <laughs> no, we didn't catch nothing. And what's funny is they respond to him, not knowing who he is. But they respond to his question because there's authority in his voice. And you know what Jesus says? That's because they're not biting over there. You're going to catch this. Throw the net on the right side of the boat. Which means he had to give them some weird instructions. These instructions do not make sense. He got to give them some weird plans. And look at the verse again. He says, throw out your net. In other words, you want me to do this again? Well, this is not starting over. Scratch that. This is, you already got a net. You already got a boat. This is not starting over. Because some of you, you feel overwhelmed because you think you're starting over. You're not. This is starting better. He says, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat. No, you ready for this? See, at the 11 15, if I have a little bit more time, so I go a little bit deeper. Do you appreciate that? Because I can, I, can I can cut it. I can always cut it. I can cut it. But watch me. I, I, I figure since you come to 11 15, you come to 11 15 because you want to go a little bit deeper. Just like when you come on Wednesday, I figure you want to dive in. You see? So I make sure that I never leave anything on the table because I never want to be the shepherd that when people leave from eating that they're still hungry. I need you to leave full. I need you to leave like, how was church? I'm full. Not, you know, I'm going to go put on so-and-so and look at this and look at that because I didn't really get nothing. You ain't going to eat here and have that report. I'm like a good soul food restaurant. You ain't going to need to eat after you eat. He says, throw out your net again on the right-hand side of the boat. Here's what I love about the right-hand side. Right hand represents strength. Pay attention. He says, you feel weak, but you're going to do it one more time with power. And this time, so, ooh, ooh, I came for every person that says, I'm tired and I feel like a failure. Say, this time. This ain't like the last one. Uh-uh, this ain't like something you've seen before. He says, throw it out on the right-hand side of the boat. And you'll get some. Scene change. Scene change. Scene change. What do you mean to see? Wait a minute, they alive now. And you'll get some. So they did. They didn't talk about it. They did it. Look at me. Look at me. Oh, I need to be real. I need to be real. I need them to hear this. I need to hear this. I need to hear this. Set a date. When you put a date on what you're trying to accomplish, you're going to make everything in you line up to that date. I rebuke you saying, well, I'm just seeing. I'm just trying. No, put a date on what you're trying to accomplish. And when you put a date on what you're trying to accomplish, you're going to make everything in your life come into alignment. Open up your mouth and say, I'm setting a date. Because I'm going to do something, not just say something. Look at me. Look at me. Here's the exciting part. Come here. 
Here's the exciting part. Bible says, Bible says that they caught so many fish that they couldn't haul the net in. Uh -uh. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing good. That's doing good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Look at me, 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 look at me. Last night their issue was they couldn't catch nothing. When they stepped into May, whatevs, let me talk over here. When they stepped into May, when they stepped into a start over, scratch that, start better. Now their issue is, I got so much, I'm going to need help to try to get it. I'm going to need help to try to carry it. I'm going to need help to make it happen. And I need you to touch somebody's shoulder next to you. We're about to go and just say what you're about to catch. You're going to need help to carry. It's going to be too much for just you. It's going to be too much for one city. It's going to be too much for one office. It's going to be too much for one place. He's about to blow your mind. Look at me. 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 We're done. We're totally done. We're totally done. I have no more scriptures to give you. We're totally done. I have no more scriptures to give you. I have no more scriptures to give you. Here's what was weird about this. They did this, not at nighttime, when it was the right time to catch fish. They did it at the wrong time, when they should have caught nothing. But they started over, scratched that better. Ho, 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 ho. For everybody that feels like, well, the time ain't right for me to do that. It's never going to feel right, never going to seem right, never going to be right. But let what I'm about to say be your confirmation. Get up and do it. Get up and do it. 11.15, if I'm talking to you, I need you to just get up and put a praise right there. In this building and online, we're going. Get up and do it. Get up and do it. This is your confirmation. This is your permission to move forward. This is your green light. This is your make it happen. This is the answer to your prayer. It don't feel like the right time. You want him to give you more time. But now is the time. And I'm glad about it. I need you to look over at somebody and say name. Say now is the time. Say, so you've been waiting for this moment. It's finally the time to do it. Say, don't wait. Start when you get home from church. Say, and by the end of this year, your confession will be, the Lord has done great things for us. And we're glad about it. And we're glad about it. And we're glad about it.
He told them to do it at the worst time. Worst time. They literally say, we've been fishing all night. I heard some of you, I've been trying to get this off the ground for two years. Who is that? Oh, the ghost. And it ain't happened. He tells them to do it at the wrong time to them. But it was the perfect time for them to see a big win. We've been saying that a lot, and I've been having them sing that song a lot. Get used to it for at least next few weeks. Because we're going to wear that song out. You're going you're gonna to know that song so good, you can take the mic and say, give me the mic, I'll lead it myself. We're out of time. Um, I want to end this experience different. Let me do this first. Um, if, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure on a count of three in this building, slip your hand up online, do the hand with emoji that says me, no guilt, no condemnation, no sin. If that's you, when I count to three, if you're online, you do the hand with emoji that says me. If you're in this building, you're going to just lift your hand up. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. One, no guilt, no condemnation, no sin. Two, don't miss your moment. Three, if that's you, put that hand up wherever you're at. I see you. I see you. I got you. I got you. Come on, church, I need you to celebrate the hands that are lifted in this building. And let's celebrate the hands that are online. Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart, that you are my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for giving me the grace to walk this new race. You got me. I'm not out here by myself. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, I need you to text that word decision to 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.